Let us pray. O God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. After Easter and Christmas, Pentecost is the third most holy day in the Christian calendar. And yet I challenge you to find one Hallmark card about it. We may see elaborate decorations for, oh heck, sometimes they start in October, for Christmas and special Easter items in the stores, but no little figurines of doves and flames of fire. It seems to pass by with, without notice, not only in the marketplace, but even for many Christians. People are so excited this weekend about having their Memorial Day weekend vacation that many forget to pause and consider those who gave their lives in service to our country and the loved ones they left behind. Even more folks don't have Pentecost on their radar, radar at all. Actually, it is somewhat fitting for the day because on that first Pentecost, the disciples have no idea what to expect. Although Jesus has told them that a comforter, an advocate, is coming, they don't know what that means. They don't know when or where or how it will happen. And then, one day, as the apostles are hanging out in that upper room they always seem to go to ever since Easter, the Spirit comes upon them and rattles the rafters. When they are gathered in the room celebrating the Jewish festival of Shavuot, which many people from all over the Roman Empire have come to celebrate, the Spirit suddenly blows open the doors and the shutters and rushes and swirls through the house like an overpowering, unpredictable wind. The holy fire spreads throughout the whole being of the apostles, and as they start to speak, folks outside from different countries gather outside to hear. There's so much commotion, such a ruckus, that most of those folks out in the street think the apostles are drunk, but then they realize as they listen that these crazy Galilean peasants are speaking about God in ways they can understand in their own languages. It's a miracle of communication. It's a miracle about the language of love. We are told that the Spirit is poured out on all flesh, on everyone, men and women, rich and poor, young and old, everyone. The Spirit knocks down all the barriers and enters every person who waits with an open heart. So what does opening your heart to the Spirit look like? It looks like Tom, a man who I once met at a hospital. I was visiting a woman whose fear and anxiety was so over the top that her family and the whole medical team didn't know what to do, and the family had asked me if I could come and try to speak with her. Her anxiety level had advanced so much that her blood pressure was too high for the surgeon to do the surgery. I went in expecting her to be in a panic, and by my surprise, 
She was absolutely calm and serene. I asked her what had happened to help her to relax. And she said that it had been because of Tom, the man who cleans the hospital rooms on that floor. After the visit, as I started down the hallway, I saw a man with his cleaning equipment and deduced that it was Tom, and I thanked him for helping the patient calm down. He said, it's nothing really. I like to talk to the patients. I like to remind them that God is with them and loves them. I offer, if they want me to, to hold their hand, and I tell them that God is holding their hand all the time, so they are never alone, and they don't need to be afraid. Friends, that's what it means to be open to the Spirit. Tom didn't need to be a pastor or a counselor or a psychiatrist. <clears throat> he was a person who found strength through the presence of God in his life and witnessed to that faith simply by comforting others wherever he could. He wasn't heavy-handed about it. As the patient would later tell me, it was Tom's willingness to be vulnerable, to share a little bit of, of his own experience of being afraid in a hospital that really spoke to them. The patient was a prominent lawyer. Tom mopped the floors. While it might seem like they were from almost different worlds, the language of love crosses all boundaries. The singer Sandy Patty once recorded a song called Love in Any Language. The words of the chorus are, love in any language straight from the heart pulls us all together, never apart. And once we learn to speak it, all the world will hear love in any language fluently spoken here. The coming of the Spirit means that each and every person on this earth has a spark of the divine that has been put within them. Now, some people do an excellent job at covering it up, some to the point that they even commit evil in this world. Being a follower of Jesus Christ means that you and I are called to look for the spark in others and even help to uncover it and those who have buried it deep within. We can do that by speaking through the language, through the lens of God's love. We look to people who have experienced hardship, who are going through difficult times, even those who are most challenging to us, and we try to lift them up to reveal to them the light within themselves. It can mean crossing barriers in uncharted and sometimes uncomfortable territory. When I was in my 20s and a newbie pastor, a 12-year-old boy in ragged clothes came to the church. His name was Luke, and he had walked for miles to get there. He wasn't asking for money. His mother was desperately sick with cancer. She had no insurance to help her pay for the medicine, no car to get to the hospital. I drove John home, and hidden in the woods, not very far away from the nice houses and manicured lawns that I was used to seeing in town, Luke lived with his eight-year-old brother and with his mom, Patty, in a falling-apart trailer parked in a small clearing in the woods. There was a huge hole in the side of the trailer, and they simply hung a blanket over it. There was a 10-foot-across 
pool of stagnant water that had been left from the last rain in the big hole in beside the trailer, and mosquitoes were everywhere. When we went in, Patty was emaciated, and she could not even stand. I called volunteers from the congregation to come and to help me get Patty out of that trailer and to the hospital. Volunteers took care of the children. We took up a collection to get things they needed. The church worked with social workers and with others to support the family, and a professor from the congregation who was on sabbatical in another country offered his home for almost a year. The congregation surrounded Patty and her children with their love and their support and their prayers. As I got to know her better, I discovered that Patty's abusive husband had left her and taken all the money. She had worked enough to put food on the table for the kids until she got so sick that she couldn't keep up with her job. The doctor said that Patty would have died if she had stayed in that trailer and not had treatment. But she rallied with the treatment and with the church and community surrounding her. Some people in the congregation had never encountered such stark poverty before, and they learned that speaking the language of love sometimes means simply coming alongside someone and listening. At the end of the year, Patty was invited by a distant cousin to go and live with her in another state. Before she left, we were talking, and she told me about how the Spirit of God touched her through every person in that congregation, from the ones who went out of their way to help to the ones who sent a card or prayed or simply smiled at her children. I couldn't help but think that God touched us through her just as much. Love in any language, straight from the heart. What if people like Tom at the hospital or those who supported Patty had closed themselves off and battened down the hatches to resist the wind of the Spirit blowing through their lives. The very things that renew and redeem, the things that bring hope and meaning to this world are stifled when we are determined to stay in the little rooms of what feels safe and comfortable and known. In the early church, the Spirit kept leading them to share the gospel with people that they used to stay away from, like Gentiles, including Samaritans, lepers, and others on the margins of society. As Robert Dunham has put it, every time you shed a tear of compassion for the world beyond these walls, or reach out across lines of difference to welcome strangers, or to embody grace, or to pray to God, as the God of the whole universe, there rests on you the tongues of Pentecostal fire. You see, friends, you are proof. You are proof that the Spirit rested upon the disciples that first day in Jerusalem because the Spirit rests on you and within you. Is the language of the Spirit, the language of love, spoken fluently in this church? How can we become even more fluent? Can you open your heart to the God who can teach you to speak it in your life? Amen.